The Real Estate Sessions is sponsored by AdWorks. AdWorks makes digital advertising brilliantly simple. Choose your zip code and build your brand. Enter an address and promote your listings. Or upload your list and stay top of mind with your sphere of influence. And if you go to adworks.com slash billrisser, you'll do more than just build brand awareness or nurture your network. Right now, you get to save 15% off your purchase, and I get to send 10% to the Colon Cancer Alliance, an organization that means a great deal to me. That's www.adworks.com slash billrisser. And when you're around other people that are at the same stage that you are when they're new um, and they're going through the same emotions and the same struggles, and then you start to see one of them get their first deal and then their second deal. And with a new person coming in, you know, that, that's, that's really inspiring for them. You know what? I can, I can do it too. She did that. I can do it too. Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions and join industry leaders as they share their stories and offer tips and advice to real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Chicago Title, Arizona. Welcome to episode 66 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Today, we're getting very local, like just a couple of buildings away from where I was a branch manager for 10 years with Chicago Title here in, in actually Mesa is where we're at today. And uh, it's Marisa Arthur, who's with DPR Realty. Uh, she runs the career agent division, does some amazing stuff with realtors to help them with their business. Really excited to have her on the show. Marisa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bill. And, and it's, such an, it's such an honor. You're so well-connected and so well-known. And uh, I, you know, just I'm just honored. I'm, I'm so delighted to be being interviewed and being a part of your podcast. It's really cool. Thank you, Marisa. Are you a native Arizonan? Did you grow up here? Almost. Almost. So like, like a lot of other people, right? Almost. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. so explain that. So, so um, my, uh, my dad was in the military, and so uh, I was born in California, and, uh, and we moved out here when I was, you know, maybe about two years old. And so I've, I've lived in, in Phoenix. I grew up in Phoenix on the west side of town. And then I moved over um, to the Southeast Valley probably about 15, 16 years ago. Uh, that's, where the, that's where my business was at. Do you like it over here? I love the Southeast Valley. Yes, I like I, it a I'm lot. I'm kind of partial to it myself. I, I really do like it. Um, let's see. So you've seen a lot of changes since you've been in the Valley a while. Um, yeah. Tell me, what's the... Like, I've been here... 17 years and for me it's the freeways i just know that they weren't here now they are but go before that i mean what are some of the biggest changes you've seen in the valley Well, it's you know probably like the population the housing development it's it's just incredible just as you know drive all the way up past anthem north on the i-17 it's incredible how many oceans of homes are out there now and then even buckeye and going out to places like florence and it's just incredible all of the oceans of homes that are that are out there and that's probably been the the biggest the biggest thing we're we're just such a booming town really yeah. and you're when you mentioned Florence to Anthem, I mean, you're talking, that's close to 100 miles, <laughs> right? It's a, yeah. we're a huge valley. I don't know if yeah. sometimes people that are outside don't, of Arizona don't understand. Don't it. understand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Maricopa is is massive. A lot of the people that I interview on the podcast, real estate wasn't their first choice when they were thinking about what they wanted to be when they grew up. Um, was that the case for you? Was real estate in your blood or was there something else you were going to do before you became a realtor? 
I don't think um, when I was young, I don't, I didn't pinpoint real estate, but I always had a sense of customer service and sales. I've, I've always been, I've always felt that I enjoyed it. I loved, loved sales. I love people. I have uh, strong people skills, but it wasn't something, you know, growing up or being a teenager going, I'm going to be a real estate agent one day. I think I realized I wanted to be a businesswoman. And so, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't really my, however, you know, I, I got pretty much all my adult life. I've been in real estate. I got into the business, um, in my early twenties, I had no clue what I was getting myself into, no clue at all. Um, but I just saw it as sales and working with people, um, flexible schedule. I was a single mom. And, uh, so that was really important to me that I had flexibility in my schedule. You mentioned customer service. So my guess is, you know, through high school and in your, before you became a realtor, you probably had positions that were kind of dealing with the public already, right? Yes. So I, and I yeah. find that to be very common with realtors, right? That they, yeah. it's, you can go back through the episodes of the podcast and I'll bet we've had a dozen people who were servers at one time or another, yeah. or they were a bartender or yeah. server or something. And I, it just translates so well into what you do in real estate because mm-hmm. you've got to listen to people, you've got to take care of people and yeah. it's what we do in this business, right? In fact, I, I, for a, a very, very short period of time was, you know, was involved with a, a multi-level marketing company. And I even did a little bit of telemarketing for short periods of time, right before I got into the business. And um, I, you know, kind of was all over the place. I think I, I, well, I even for a few years did in-home daycare and, and that was, that was a lot of fun. Hardest job in the world, actually, in-home daycare. But I, I did that prior to going to, to real estate school. It just ended up being that felt like sales is where I needed to be. And, and I kind of feel that, uh, real estate sales is the king of sales. That's, that's, that's where it's at. And, you know, it's, it's as much work and effort and time and enthusiasm that you can put into it. You're going to get a whole lot out of it. Was there some event or some like trigger point that you said you saw something or heard somebody or somebody mentioned to you about real estate and you, you know what, I'm going to look into that and I'm going to, I'm going to go get my license or, or was it just kind of what we've talked about here? Just kind of a a slow burn towards it where you kind of went, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was kind of more of a little bit of a slow burn towards it. We had a uh, friend of the family that was, that was in, in real estate. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but I did see how flexible his schedule was. And that was an inspiration. That was an inspiration to me being a single mom. You really need to have um, that flexibility, but you also have to be able to make a good living. And so that, that's kind of what I saw in it. You know, then the reality kicks in when you actually get into it and you discover that actually it, it is not a part-time job, even if you work a regular job. Oh, I heard that for real, you get into real estate because it's a part-time job and you make a lot of money. That's not the case. Huh? And that you learn quickly that that is not the case. If you want to, you know, it's, it's, if, and if you want to do it right and be successful, you, you have to be all in. There can't be any like wishy-washiness. You have to be all in. And so I, I, I figured that out pretty quick that it, you know, that this has to be your focus and it, it is your, you're going to pay your dues and it's your blood, sweat and tears and your heart and soul. And you better love it, you know, because there are times, especially when you're new and trying to get it off the ground where, um, you're working a lot of hours and maybe even a few months working really hard and there's no paycheck coming in. And if you don't love it, you're going to really struggle enduring the rough patches. And if you are, 
have faith and if you're passionate in what you're getting yourself into and learning as you go, you're going to be okay with doing it, even though you're not getting paid, knowing that the payoff will come. I've heard so many people talk about lately the process. You've got to stick to the process of what you're doing and try to not get in that mindset of, I just need a paycheck. Because if you'll follow the process, yes. it will lead you to that. Yes. But, but so many times in our business, and we've seen it, and I know yeah. you've seen it uh, as you've expanded your career, you see yeah. the people that are, you can tell, and it, it just doesn't work. Right? Yeah, you, yeah, you can tell. If, if, if someone gets into it, and they're in it for the paycheck, you see it all over their face, and you see it in their eyes, and you see the desperation and the weight of the world on their shoulders. And if 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 that's why you're getting into it, um, you actually don't even realize you're repelling people from you. And so, you know, if, if you're in it for the right reasons and, and you do the right things and you have a good business plan and you really, it, more than anything, it's it, don't just show up. Don't just show up. Really, when you're in front of clients or you're taking a lead call or turning a lead, uh, you know, at an open house, don't just show up. It's not just going through the motions. You really have to be enthusiastic and passionate about what you do and not lose that enthusiasm. New people, um, oftentimes the first couple weeks, very enthusiastic and then they don't get a deal right away. It's you, every once in a while they do. Uh, but a lot of times it takes, it takes time. It takes patience. Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, you want to keep that enthusiasm. You want to hold on to it. Uh, because if you start getting discouraged because you, you have this expectation that should have happened much, much faster, um, you know, you're not going to be a magnet to people, but if you stay enthusiastic, there's nothing, nothing like a brand new agent and how excited they are about what they're doing. If the newer agents can hold on to that, they are actually magnets to people. We're going to get to what you do here at DPR in a, in a little bit, sure. but I want to start, talk about the beginnings. So okay. you mentioned in, uh, that when you first started, you, you, the shock hit, like it hits most people. Oh my gosh, yeah. this is a lot of work and I've got to really persevere and I've got to build up this business. It's going to sustain. Yeah. I know that you uh, started a kind of a mentorship program just down the road from that. You've been, how long have you been in the business before mm-hmm. you kind of decided you had some ideas that could help other realtors? Mm-hmm. So I've been um, developing and training, mentoring, being a team leader for, for I think over 15 years now. And, but altogether I've been in real estate for over 20 years. And the reason that I'm so dedicated and passionate and, and just in love with the role that I play now, though I love selling real estate, um, and I'm very passionate about that. But nowadays, you know, my role is, is, uh, managing, um, inspiring, running meetings, uh, marketing, teaching classes. And so developing real estate agents, veteran realtors, along with new realtors and experienced realtors. The, the reason that I am so, um, passionate about that and do it full time, that's all that I, I pretty much do. There's not really any longer time to, to be out there selling a lot of real estate any longer for me. The reason that I'm so into that is I, I felt and I still feel that there is a kind of a missing void in our, in our industry in that area. 
uh, I think you that, experienced it yourself. Yeah, you're saying yeah. back in you know the late '90s when you were just starting off. Yeah, yeah. When I was starting out, you know, I I, I didn't really even know to go and interview companies. I it was a friend of the family who owned a little brokerage. And, um, and he hired me right off the bat. I, I thought that I was the luckiest girl in the world because I didn't even have to interview or give a resume. I was just, I, you know, I didn't, I just didn't know what I was getting myself into. He had me on a 60, 40 commission split, 60 to him, 40 to me. And I'm not knocking that because if you, it's all about what you get in return for that. The, the, the thing is I, I didn't get anything in return for that. It was pretty much, I was on my own to left to just flounder and figure it out. And when I put my first deal together and I don't recommend this, but when I put my first deal together after chauffeuring people around for four weekends in a row, and I was, I was so young. I didn't really know the area. The home, the first home that I sold was in Fountain Hills. I had never even really ventured into Scottsdale at that age. And I was just kind of living my life on the head of a pin. And now I'm having to get familiar with this area. And I take this couple out weekend after weekend after weekend. Finally, they, they want to pull the trigger and make an offer. Well, I was so excited. And, but there were like probably maybe, you know, 20 realtor business cards laying on the countertop. It was new to the market. Um, there were other realtors coming, looking at the house with their clients at the time that I was there. So I started feeling the anxiety of, oh my gosh, we're going to have to compete. And I, so I take them home, drop them off. And I said, you guys go ahead and go on in. I'm going to run to my office, go get the paperwork. It was very different back then. It was all paper. I'm going to go get the paperwork and carbon copies and I will be right back and we'll put everything together. And it, and after I got back in the car and I'm driving off, all of a sudden it hits me like a, like a ton of, like a brick wall. Oh my God. I, I have no idea how to write a contract. What am I going to do? Nobody was available. The no broker wasn't there. Nobody was calling me back. I was on my own. And all of a sudden it, I'm realizing like, I need to know this. And I didn't, you don't know what you don't know when you're new. And, uh, yeah, I was in a bind. Here's what I don't recommend people do, but I snuck into his office and I got into his filing cabinet and I snagged a, a contract out of his cabinet. I'm like, what else, what else am I going to do? I'm just going to, and I'm going to copy what this contract says. Again, I do not recommend anybody do this. It was a VA contract. Those are, those are great, disclaimer, <laughs> great disclaimers, Marisa. Big time disclaimer. That was a VA contract. The buyers that I had were conventional buyers. And, um, I, I just, oh my goodness. I just got really lucky that the, that the listing agent must've been able to see right through me. And she was, she was kind and I was able to get through it. But halfway through the transaction is kind of like, I, you know, was realizing I'm losing sleep. It's like you realize halfway through something that, oh my gosh, you are in a, in the middle of a mine and something ex is going to explode and, and you don't even know how to get out out of it and dawned on me that, okay, that for this family, holy cow, this is a lot of money. I think it, you know, and at the time, 20 years ago, um, $150,000 was a lot of money back then. And so they were, they were, uh, that's, that was the, around the price point that this family was buying. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, this is their biggest financial investment. And they trust me. How the, why would they trust me? How could they, <laughs> You know, and I actually, you know, kind of realized getting halfway through that, that, gosh, there's so much that I need to know that somebody needs to be 
taking me under their wing and showing me the way and I need to learn. And, and so I ended up doing it the hard way, just self, self-learning, um, a lot, a lot of trial and error. Luckily, you know, things, things worked out. And after maybe about six or eight months or so of being with that company, and and actually, uh, apparently, I did I did pretty good. I I was selling a, a you know a, a good handful of properties for a new person, and making them a lot of sixty percent commissions. And then I was um, I re- then I realized you know maybe maybe there's uh, better opportunities out there for me. And so I, I don't regret that. I think everything happens for a reason. And I'm, I'm happy to have had that experience. And I moved on to another company that was um, the first mall company. So the first company, real estate company that was inside of malls here locally in, in the Valley. And it was actually a really small company. I think there was only like 65 agents. But these agents... Um, there's lots of TV marketing, t- TV ads, magazine marketing, a big push to get people to come and visit the mall. So now I was put into an atmosphere where I'm around all these very high achievers. And I was seeing agents in that company. And there is a sales board. So I'm all about a sales board. Even still to this day, I think that teams need to, need to see where the bar is at. And so I'm still relatively a new agent and I was fortunate that they hired me because they really never hired inexperienced people or newer people, but they, but they did. And I was able to see regularly agents were doing like six, seven, sometimes 10 deals a month. And None of them were only selling one or two. The standards are really high. If you weren't cl- selling, if you didn't close, if you weren't regularly closing a couple deals a month, you were going to get fired and let go. So, so my guess is that there's very little training at this company as well. So, I mean, really yeah. some trial by fire for yes, you because yeah. you start off with, yes. we'll call him Mr. 60 and with no training, yes, yes. <laughs> but an opportunity and you learned. Yeah. You move on to the, no- the next place uh-huh. where it's a lot of successful agents. So it's another place to just absorb information. Yes, right? So you have to be absurd. a sponge and you're just like picking all this that's stuff what up. I, yeah, right? that's what I so was. So it's kind of coming, becoming clear to me that, you know, how you're building up this knowledge base that you're going to turn into what you do yes. at your next company. Am I right? You realize that you are kind of similar to the people that you surround yourself with. And so I was so inspired by these really incredible producing agents closing that many deals. And actually, I thought that that was the norm. For me, that was what was, okay, that's just how it is. That's what they're doing. I, I need to be doing that too. At that point, that's all that I knew for, for, for a few years. Then the company ended up selling out, um, getting bought out, and they ended up you know, putting all the realtors on small little salaries, so all these realtors. And here I am in my, in my, you know, mid twenties, we're all, everybody was making over a six figure income. And, uh, they ended up selling to another company. The other company decided to go to a salary. So they paid all of a salary plus some kind of convoluted bonus structure. So all of us just kind of, okay, this isn't going to work. We all jump ship. And so I ended up going to over to a, a 100% company. Actually, it was it was um, at the time largest 100% company um, here here locally. So I went over there. I realized, wow, you're really isolated when you're a 100% agent. The other company that I was with, I was on a 
a big commission split. It was a 45-55 commission split, 55 to me, 45 to them. Um, but they provided TV marketing. There was floor time. There was, you know, lead help. There was all these wonderful things that they, and regular meetings that you, you had to go to. And so there was actually, I didn't realize at the time, the sense of camaraderie and synergy among your peers. So when going over the 100% company, big company, you know, it was just a feeling of uh, isolation. And so I quickly like, okay, I need to get a group together, people that think like me. So I, so I created uh, kind of like a brain, a brainstorming type of a group. Like an early mastermind. Like an early, like an early mastermind. Yeah. And so we would get together. I don't, I'm not sure if it was every other week or so. And um, these were all full-time realtors and just be somewhat of a support group. And so that caught the attention maybe of the, owner or the brokers that were there, they didn't have a mentoring program. A lot of the 100% companies, and I think even still till this day, you know, some of them don't actually have structured training programs. And so what they, what companies do, many companies still do it this way is, is they'll take a, they'll take an agent within the company, maybe a productive, and I was, I was, I was pretty productive and have uh, you uh, train maybe one or two new people and, you know, not really have any kind of a structure, just kind of, here you go, train this person. And, and so somehow ended up with maybe about 10 or a dozen agents pretty quickly. And this was actually at the height of my selling, but I had great systems already in place and a lot to share with them. Um, but I quickly realized maybe about six months or so, maybe sooner into actually mentoring, okay, I got to get this organized. I need a curriculum. For me, it was, I was around the clock, you know, one-on-oneing with the agents, doing classes with them, um, helping them, counseling them all hours of the night, you know, through this. It sounds like almost it's, it's the realtor in you that does that with buyers and sellers. You were doing that with these people. So now there's no time. Now there's no time. (laughs) Now there's no time. And and for me, it was, okay, I, I, I really want these people to succeed. I want these agents to succeed and I can't give them my all and help them in that way. If I'm also, you know, a full-time realtor beating the bushes, pounding the pavement, because that's more than a full-time job, which I love. I'm passionate about selling real estate, but I, I guess I was just a tad more passionate about wanting these people to succeed. And so I had made the decision in my mind you have to be all in if you're going to be uh, mentoring and 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 supporting and and developing real estate agents it has to be kind of a full-time thing for me that's just my opinion i've 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 not been able to figure out how to be a top producing agent plus create top producing agents yeah i don't think there's time for that i think that yeah. that most of the people that do most of the the heavy training have have done have kind of come to that same conclusion yeah. the people that i talked to around the country you know, I, I know the company you're talking about. And as we hit the, we'll call it the dark days for now, yes. it, it struggled a little bit. Yes. And in fact, and ultimately you made a move. Yes, and so it was, I think it was 2009. Yeah. You yeah. ended up coming to DPR Realty correct. with Dale, Tom, and... And Barry Lee. And Barry. Yeah. yeah. So that's who originally, when you first came over here, that was yes. the, the three guys who were running it. Yes. Now it's Dale's company, right? Yes, correct. Barry, unfortunately, passed away a couple yeah. of years ago. Yes. And, and Tom's moved off into some other businesses that he had, he was more passionate about. Yes, right? correct. And so you're now running what's called the career agent division. Correct. And so you came on board meeting with those guys uh-huh. to create this for them. So kind yes. of give me um, that 
that elevator pitch on what what you do here and because yeah. there, there are different elements to it right yes there's there's actually three different um, programs that I that I manage primarily um, there is the agent Academy which is is a, a program that is designed for brand new or just inexperienced realtors and you know I have a team of, of coaches slash mentors that that uh, mentor and help them but you know we we have a very structured uh, business plan business model in mind that re- really does help the agents to get the business off the ground and going and experiencing some success quicker than what the national averages are and so you know that's called the agent academy program and then the other program that that i oversee is is actually it's a team of veteran real estate agents it's called the executive group and uh, those agents range from um maybe a year in the business if they're qualified they it's very high standards to get into that program to i think that the one with the most amount of experience also has over 20 years of, of of experience and so with the with the executive group it's higher level sales training um, but it's it's home for the agents. You know, one of the agents has been with me for uh, probably about 12 years now. Another one, maybe nine or 10 years. Another one, maybe about eight years. And so it's interesting when you get a group of, of entrepreneurs together and that, that are just good, good-hearted people. They love the business. And when you put them together and provide structure and you do the things that most realtors really don't care to do, like... Um, you, mean, you mean the work? Yeah. The, well, well, well the, so salespeople, they want to be in front of people. They want to they do the selling. They, that's the part of it that they, that they love. And it, when you think about it, all of the different hats a successful agent has to wear, if you're wanting to make a six-figure income at doing this, what's going to happen is you get so consumed by the transaction and managing those. And if you have like a few of them in escrow at the same time, it, they kind of suck the life out of you. And so... Um, you're, so you're managing those and it takes you away from what got you that business in the first place. So the marketing and the, the, the high volume of lead generating that you have to do. And so the consistency, and that's where agents hop on that roller coaster ride with their income where one month they're rich and then they go three months with no closings and they're back to beating the bushes and pounding the payment and rebuilding it up again where you're you get to a point if you want to maintain that high income and actually have a life you know because agents that do that that don't have any help um it's you know you kind of end up working you're a workaholic you're working seven days a week and you get to the point, and this was my, what had happened to me where, okay, I'm get, I need the help. I can't manage it all. So I'm going to hire people. And so back when I was selling, I, you know, I thought that that was the answer and it turned into that. Okay. Well now I'm, now I have to learn how to become an employer. Now I got to train these employees and that actually wasn't the best answer. And I'm the first one to, to share that. And so for me, actually. But I always had this thing in my heart about the the synergy and camaraderie that I felt when I was with that small company, but we were so close knit and everybody was such overachievers, how that it turned me into one. I really try to hand select and be very exclusive with who I bring into the, the team. And they're really great, productive, consistent. That's the goal with their with their production. And it's interesting how much they grow uh, and feed off of one another when they're in a close knit environment. Yeah. yeah. There's just a synergy that comes out. It's amazing. I love that. 
Tell me about some of the successes out of your program. Something that I'm, I'm, I'm really, really proud of. I mean, we've, we've worked with so many agents, well over 700 agents over, over the 15 years or so that I've been um, uh, developing agents have come through the, the program. Many of them have gone on to, to just be top agents. Some are even own their own real estate companies nowadays. There's a few of them that do that. And then here at uh, DPR Realty, there's there's about 1,200 agents, close to 1,200 here at the company. And the top agents within the company uh, that, you know, they put out a, a uh, every every year a report or a couple times a year the top one percent and the top three percent of agents in the company and the highlight for me and it just makes me so incredibly proud is to see um, that quite a few of those agents actually are graduates of the uh, career agent division people that are either currently in maybe within the executive group the team or they're agents that have graduated from the agent academy program um, and it's probably maybe maybe it fluctuates, but a, but maybe about a third of those agents have come through this program. And I don't want to ever take credit for all their hard work. They these agents pour their blood, sweat, and tears and their talent into it. But it sure is being it sure is cool just being able to be the one that kind of helped them. The program and the mentors have helped them early on get going. And I think the early stages of the business is is uh, the most kind of the most important part of the business. Getting it off the ground quickly. Uh, that's important. I, I think that it helps to ensure that you're going to be in the business long, long term. So the things that nowadays, back in the day, it used to be selling and helping families buy, buy and sell homes. That's what just, you know, is so, so uh, proud and in love with doing that into the business. Nowadays, it's seeing agents uh, transform how real estate and making a great living off of it enhances their lifestyle. And the fact that I could be a part of that, such an honor. And I'm so passionate about it. And the most exciting thing to me is when I see my agents and their name up on that top producer list that, that goes out a couple times a year. I know that um, Anna Everts, our sales executive out here in the um East Valley kind of works with your team and, and some of those yeah. operations as well. And I've, I've seen her doing some Buffini things because I uh-huh. know that you're a big fan of Buffini and the buy referral only program. There are yeah. lots of different ways to generate leads. Why did you, yeah. why, why did you kind of settle on yeah. Buffini? Well, all those different ways, I probably have tried every one of them. And so I, you know, I've, and I'm not one to give up on things. I've, I've done, um, home buyer seminars. I've done farming neighborhoods, advertising in magazines, online buying leads at fifty dollars a pop. I work stuff until you know it either is not the way to go, or you know, and I I don't really try. I don't give up on things. And so, over all the years that I've been in the business, I've kind of boiled it down to our business is a people business, and it's relationships. And so learning, you know, just being able to develop a business that's based on relationships, to me, just, it really does make so much sense. Um, And there's so many fun ways that you can go about doing it that it kind of feels like it's so easy that sometimes agents look oversee it because they can't, they, you know, of course they're always looking for the easy button. Everybody is building the business and doing the things that it takes to build it relationally is so much fun that I think that agents don't believe it. Right. I think so. And there's definitely these two sides to the story, right? You've got those hardcore online 
lead generation yeah. or the, you know, with ISAs, work in phone rooms. So there are people doing all that stuff yeah. and it works, yeah. but it's, it's a certain kind of a mindset, right? That, yes. and I, I'll be honest, I'm more on your side. I'm, all, okay. I'm more about relationships <laughs> myself. And I think that, you know, but there's, there's, a, there's all kinds of different ways to sell and to be successful. Yeah. But I think you've landed, you've landed on one that fits who you are. Yeah. And I think the people in your group are going to be mm-hmm. feeling that same way. Is that right? Yeah. You know, my approach to, to real estate and, and being a salesperson, it's being, being soft and comfortable and with dialogues and processes and, and really listening to, to people and caring about people and having great connectivity and good people skills because it's it's just been kind of what's been comfortable for me um what i am finding is that this is comfortable for pretty much all of the agents that come and work with me i think we're we have about 50 agents that are that are that are working within the career agent division currently and i think that that's also a draw they don't none of us want to be pushy salespeople you know um or in your face type salespeople and so it's really uh, a comfortable way to build the build the business uh relationally um and it's comfortable for the consumer as well let's go back to the agent academy for a second okay there has to be some common maybe a common thread for some of the issues you see with people just getting started. And I know you talked about what yours were, but talk about that. What's, what are some things you just kind of know you're going to be working with when you've got a new crew coming in? Yeah. It's a, it's a, the, the answer is very lengthy. So I'll try to try to kind of condense it. New people break into the business you know, they, they, they're, they're getting a lot of quality training, a lot of one-on-one stuff, a lot of, uh, a lot of group training, lead help, lead generation help with what, with what we're doing. And it's all very structured. However, you kind of know that every month that goes by their, their enthusiasm wanes. And as that starts to happen, they really need to take it upon themselves not to isolate themselves. You know, they're independent contractors, so they can do that. I notice that the ones that that don't allow themselves to be isolated from the others, those ones tend to keep their enthusiasm high and they're able to stay on target more and, and, and stay more consistent. It's that accountability, right? It's accountability. It's so there's a lot of layers of accountability here. And when you're around other people that are at the same stage that you are when they're new, um, and they're going through the same emotions and the same struggles, and then you start to see one of them get their first deal and then their second deal. And with a new person coming in, you know, that, that's, that's really inspiring for them. You know what? I can, I can do it too. She did that. I can do it too. And you can't be isolated. If you're isolated, you're not going to see that. You're not going to know where the bar is at. And so, you know, that's, that's a big thing. And then consistency is the other thing. It is very, you know, we do, we do a lot of things to help the agents market themselves. We design really well thought out, uh, we call them monthly items of value postcards, that go out to their database every month and then, and then really well thought out newsletters. And this is consistent every, every month, but the agent has to, um, put it in the mail. And so one of the things that we sometimes see is a new agent coming in, they maybe do mailings for the first two months and then they don't get immediate results, you know, and, and then they, drop off the face of the earth as far as sending the mailings out. So it's so common that their friends and family make the assumption they got out of the business. And so the consistency 
over a long period of time is actually what's going to help build credibility in the eyes of their friends and family, you know, and, and eventually that'll turn into loyalty. And there's a heck of a lot of other things we do like a uh, pop by gifts and client appreciation parties and agents doing these type of social things and going to parties and meeting people face to face and doing social things, it, you know, is really going to help them if they stay plugged in and they keep doing those things consistently. It is about building relationships, yeah. right? I talk about that all the time when I do my trainings and uh, yeah. we were talking about how to use social media effectively. And it's really, you said it earlier, it's listening to people. Mm-hmm. People yeah. love to be listened to. Yeah. And that's the key cornerstone to building great relationships, right? Yeah. So I love that you're doing that. I think that's great. Thank you. Let me not to go negative, but I always like to ask kind of questions about some of the things that you wish were different, you know? So Uh what are, what are some couple of, or even just your biggest pet peeve about the industry? About the industry? Things that kind of bug you. Um, I think there were, there's so many wonderful things about the industry that I, I I just, I know you're a very positive person. I'm putting you on the spot here. (laughs) Okay. So probably, probably the thing that, that, um, that I try to, I, try to stay away from and that I, I, I actually just don't like being around this type of realtor. If you're going to be in this business, to me, you need to be all in, be all in. People that are dabbling in it or getting their real estate license just to have it. I don't, I've never understood why someone goes through real estate school just to have a real estate license, but then to never do anything with it. When it deal maybe does once or twice, a year fall into that person's lap, um, I'm concerned for the consumer because really with this business, what makes you good at it is you have to do it. You have to close transactions. You have to get that, that experience. And so if you, you know, are 10 years in the business and you sold 10 homes, that's, um, and you've never gotten any formal training. Yeah. I'm kind of concerned for the, I'm concerned for the, the, uh, consumer. And then also the cross agent who then has to kind of carry the weight. And so, um, that, that's kind of a pet peeve. And I, and I think, um, even though it is hard to get your real estate license, um, I think it's very common that, that, that people get the license and don't realize there's a whole nother mountain. There's like climbing Mount Everest. But if they have a well thought out plan in mind and, and for brand new people coming in, you, you, you know, no disrespect to anybody, but, but you don't know what you don't know yet. And it's, you learn none of this in real estate school. And so, you know, that's kind of, I guess that that was a really long answer. People that need, people need to take it seriously. Well, it's part of that. There's been a raise the bar movement around the country yeah. for a long time about, I don't know what it is. Is it making it more education, making it a little tougher, setting minimum standards, all kinds of things that yeah. you've heard people talk about because you can be a part-time realtor. That's, you know, you can't really be a part-time, a lot of other things yeah. <laughs> that yeah. think about the, the, you talked about it, the, you're helping somebody with the biggest transaction in their life. It's a big deal. And you do it part-time and you've only done three of them in the last five years. Yeah. And you're going to help this person uh-huh. hopefully make a great decision yeah. about what they're going to do yeah. with the rest of their lives or a big chunk of their lives. And and so you're right. It's, that's tough. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you, you have to look at it as you are a small business owner. When you own a business, you know, it's, uh, it, it's really hard. I think everybody knows the statistics of, of, of small businesses that fail and, and those statistics are even applied to real estate. And so it's kind of like, a 
uh, race when you're new and starting out between time and uh, discouragement. And so the, the, the quicker you can at least get your first taste of your first deal, hopefully within a, a month or two, versus like the national averages, I think, is, is the typical new realtor takes about a year uh, before they put their first deal together. That is a long time to wait and get the experience and a long time spinning your wheels and discouragement kicks in. And, you know, that's when you start seeing lots of realtors drop out. It's, I think it's like a 92% failure rate for new realtors two years into the business. I think a lot of it is because the real estate agents aren't getting, some, many are, many are not getting proper uh, mentoring and going into it. They're just kind of like me when I was a new realtor, just thrown out there, left to figure it out, seek or swim. I, that's the, that's the uh, hard way to go. And I think if you can get with people that really, really care and that have a plan in mind for you and r- really want you to succeed and then, su- you know, have a great support group for you as well, your odds are going to be a lot greater that you're going to do well in the business. Well, I've had you here over the 30 minutes that I promised I would keep you to. And so I, I just want to ask you the last question. And I, I think we've kind of covered this a little bit, but we'll, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll put it in, uh, you know, kind of succinct terms here. Yeah. Um, the last question I asked every guest on the podcast since the first episode, and what is the one piece of advice? You only get one, mm-hmm. one piece of advice you would give uh, an agent just getting started in the business. Darn, I only get to give one answer. All right, two. Okay, so so somebody that's just getting into the business, I I would say that when you're interviewing a real estate company, um, go beyond the recruiter and actually you know talk you know talk to the people or the person or the or the program you know that actually is going to be helping you through your first handful of transactions take a look at do, do they have a curriculum is there marketing help is there lead help are there systems in place what is the business model that they have for you um, and get a sense of I think it's important to get a sense of what the atmosphere is like within that within that company, um, and you you can't always get that from just from meeting with the recruiter because re- recruiters aren't always the the ones. Oftentimes, they're not the ones that are actually going to be taking your phone call when it's Sunday at six o'clock in the evening and you're putting your first deal together. So that's the person you need to need to talk to. Who are the people that are going to be in support of me? And talk to them, get a sense of what their plan is, and do you feel that this would be insurance that you're going to succeed sooner than later um, with them? So that's my that's probably the beginning stages of my first bit of advice. And the second one I've already kind of mentioned it is the don't allow yourself to be isolated. You know, you you realtors feed off of one another and nobody's going to understand and feel what you're going through. Not even your spouse, not your kids. Nobody's going to understand you more so than one of your peers. Your peers are going to understand you and there's kind of comfort in, in groups of people like that. So that's my next thing. Marisa, if somebody wants to reach out and get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Oh, actually just call me on my cell phone. So, uh, and the number is 480-326-2321. Thank you so much for taking time to to hang out with us today on the Real Estate Sessions podcast. I can't tell you how impressed I am with what I see you doing here. And it's just awesome and a lot of fun. So thank Thank you so much for being on the show. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Bill. 
You've been listening to The Real Estate Sessions with Bill Rissa of Chicago Title, Arizona. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and tell your friends about The Real Estate Sessions as new episodes are published weekly.